You know, the last words of Jesus is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew are simply this. He said, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. In your times of joy and in your times of sorrow, he says, I'm there. I'm there. In your times of victory, in your times of defeat, he says, I'll be with you always. In the times that you want him there, in the times that you wish he weren't there, he said, I'm there. He said, I'm with you always. God is always with you. He's always with you. This is a fulfillment of a type that was set up for us in Exodus chapter 13 as God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. And what did they see? They saw the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God. They saw a fire at night and a cloud in the daytime. And wherever that moved, the people of God were meant to move because it is the heart of God for His people to experience His presence. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church after the death and resurrection and ascension of our Savior Jesus, that is a fulfillment of a prophecy from Joel that says, In those days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. That it is the desire of the heart of God that every believer experience His presence. And today is the fourth out of five messages in a series that we're calling Summer Shorts, because the short, listen fast, and I'm just calling it Presence. So what's up with the presence of God in our lives? It seems sometimes like there are two kinds of Christians. There are those who freely talk about experiencing God's presence in varieties of ways. It's not a single way. But if you talk... There are certain believers who say, I experienced God's presence in, and then they have a blank that they can readily fill in. And then it seems like there are other believers who don't seem to be able to freely talk about that or perhaps even relate to it. And I'm saying that it's a universal condition for every believer that we ought to be able to fill in that blank. I experienced the presence of God in my life by this. So uh, this morning I want to give you a very basic teaching on the uh, presence of God. This is not meant to be exhaustive. Many of you know far more about the presence of God than I'm about to talk about. Some of you are going, that was really helpful. That's good. You're going to go, that was really helpful introduction. Some of you are going to go, are you serious? Is that really a possibility that I can experience personally? discernibly experience the presence of God in my life. Three quick questions. Let's start with what? What is the presence of God? The presence of God is the life of God in you. It's the life of God in you. As believers who are promised that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It is the present manifestation of God in the world. The only encounter any of you have ever had with God has been through His Holy Spirit. You haven't seen the Father? You know about Him. You haven't seen the Son? You know about Him. But every stirring, every moment, every expression of of exuberance and praise, when those times have come, that has been the move of the Holy Spirit in your life. So the Holy Spirit desires Vladimir to come inside of you 
and to be life inside of you. To be life inside of you. To fill you, Dick, with his presence and to be the life that's inside of you. Your heart will beat, your organs will function, your blood will flow, but the Holy Spirit is meant to be the very life inside of you. By having this, you'll have an internal sense of this. You'll have a sense of it. It's an odd kind of different sense. You know, here we are born into the world and we have a a sense of sense, don't we, inside of us? We have things that we can discern, things that we can sense. And yet when we come into company, the company of God through the power of His Holy Spirit, it's like this other place lights up, isn't it? It's like this other, other place to sense things lights up. And have you ever noticed how there are far too many coincidences in that place for them all to be coincidences? Have you, have you noticed this? And you come to know that as the presence of God, that that's an internal sense. But it's also an external experience that as we, as we encounter the presence of God, we see through Scripture there were varieties of external physical reactions. Everything from getting all excited and speaking in tongues to falling down dead as they actually encountered the presence of the living God depending on the circumstances. And so we can safely say through the scriptures and through now 2,000 plus years of experience that when the Holy Spirit is encountered by believers, they should expect, they should anticipate, they should look for something to be, that can be discerned with the senses. Uh, something that can be felt internally as a sense, but something that can be experienced. I was having a wonderful time in worship over there. I just felt... All, all jiggly inside for a little while over there. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the presence of God. So, while so much more could be said about what we're talking about in the presence of God, please just know that from the Scriptures, God wants you as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as a truster in His Son, He wants you to experience His presence. The prophecy is in those days, which are these days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. So that includes you. So let's just begin with that's what we're talking about. What does it do? Well, it fulfills, comforts, releases, empowers, emboldens, and protects. These are some of the things that the presence of God does in our lives. Yeah? And this is a short list compared to what we could say. But I, I just, he fulfill, does he not fulfill us? Does he not meet that place of hunger for God? You wake up in the morning hungry for God. You go to bed at night hungry for God. And, and it, his word of sort, cert, certainly touches us. But his word is the, is the delivery mechanism for his presence. I don't think we're just meant to read the Bible and to fill our head with notions of God. I think we are meant to read the Bible and to invite the presence of God. Yes? I'm not satisfied with notions of God, no matter how amazing they are. You hear some pretty amazing stuff along the way, right? And it's tempting to go, well, that's my relationship with God. I didn't know that about God. That was very helpful. Well, now I see that. Well, do you see that this is an opportunity for you to invite the presence of God to fulfill you, and to comfort you. Have you ever been in trouble? Have you ever grieved? 
and invite the presence of God to come and make sense of it or release you. Have you ever been caught in a prison? Have you ever been caught up in a cycle of repetitive behavioral sin that you just can't get free from? And invite the presence of God to come and begin to break the chains that hold you, set you free, and empower you. To empower you to go and do the things that that you feel called to do. Some of you are still struggling with that children's ministry slip right now. (laughs) And you're sitting there going, well, I'd do it if I could. Oh, you can. Oh, you can. Not only are all the materials handed to you, but the Holy Spirit will come, and He will empower you to do the thing that you're called to do. You have a choice. You can go back there on your own, or you can go back there in Him. And His presence will empower you to do it, and embolden you to do it. How many of you feel a little shy in your faith, and sometimes even a little embarrassed? And sometimes you walk away from situations where there was a slow pitch to talk about your faith and you just stood there frozen in the batter's box. Don't raise your hand, okay? <laughs> we all have. And what we're missing at that time is, is not character. What we're missing is the presence of God. The presence of God who emboldens us to say things on His schedule and His ways and He protects us. You know, the harder you follow Jesus, the more dangerous your life will become. Amen. You need to know that. The harder you follow Jesus, the more dangerous your life be- will become. And you need His protection. And He'll come. These are some of the things that the presence of God does. Well, ask me, well, how do I experience it? Go ahead. Good. Good question. You've got to start by believing. You must believe. Hebrews eleven six says this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because whoever comes to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You've got to start by believing. These songs that we sing, they're just so much about simple, authentic expressions of what we believe. We believe. And in doing that, we're declaring... You say, what are we doing singing these songs? We're declaring what we believe. We're setting ourselves up to experience God. And so the declaration of what you believe. I found a simple song this week, an old song that just says, I believe in the Father, and I believe in the Son, I believe in His Holy Spirit, I believe in the three in one. And just I was singing that and worshiping God, and even this morning in my office for a little while just singing that, man, my, my heart was just coming to life just by the expression of, of what I believe. What I believe. If you feel like you're stalled, I challenge you, encourage you to declare what you believe. Declare what you believe. You're also going to have to ask Him. Jesus said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So let's ask Him. Let's believe that God wants to. And let's put ourselves in a place before God where we say, God, I I would like to experience your presence right here and right now. Could be in a gathering like this. Could be in another place. But ask Him to make the deliberate approach to God and say, God, I want to experience your presence. Now those of you who have been down that road, you know you're already doing that because once you taste that stuff, the Bible says taste and see that the Lord's good. Once you taste that stuff, it's hard to get along without it. 
But maybe there are some here today who said, you know, I've never, I couldn't ever really say with, with assurance that I've experienced the presence of God in the ways that you're saying. Well, then just ask him. Believe it. You say, yeah, I believe the Bible, and I believe that he said he's not pour out his spirit on all flesh. I believe that. Well, then just ask him. Just ask him. And you're going to need to slow down. The Bible says real clearly in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. This is the most challenging part of it for us today, in these days in which we live, is stopping, slowing it down, so that that part of us can come alive. You're in there. Your spirit man is in there. Your, your, your spirit man is in there, living inside. You've been born again because you've asked Christ to be your Savior. But a matter of slowing down so that you can experience God, and then just, just dwell in His presence. Dwell in His presence. Just dwell. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. He says, if any man abides in me, and I in him, He'll bear much fruit. But he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I, th- I think it's real natural for us in our environment to kind of get little snacks with Jesus, little happy meals, you know? We go through the drive-thru, we get some pretty good worship, we get a little word from God, we come up, we get a little jiggle, and off we go. That's all right. But what about just dwelling in his presence? Just sitting there, and soaking, soaking in the presence of God. These are the ways that we experience the presence of God. And I want to give you something today that is intensely practical, and it's this concept. It's that experiencing the presence of God requires us to be fully present with God. God's been working in my life this year. Almost all of this year, God's been working in my life. Haven't spoken about it publicly till this moment. He's been working in my life in an amazing way. I see a series of teachings coming up. They need more time. It's not wine yet. It's just juice. They need some time. But God's been speaking to me about being present, about whatever I'm doing, wherever I am, to be present, to be fully present. And that's, that's tough. It's tough to be fully present. But if we want to experience God, that's where it is. It's to be still and know that He's God. Now, to be still means we've got to come into the presence of God without anything. We've got to leave it all outside. That's tough, isn't it? It's tough to disengage. We are so connected. We are so caught up in this thing we call multitasking. As a society, as as a culture, we take pride in our ability to do so many things at once. I uh, recently read a book by uh, Deborah Zach, and she wrote this book called Single Tasking. And it's, it's remarkable, and she lays down some scientific evidence for the way that we, none of us really multitask at all. She calls it switch tasking. So where our brains are not really 
really designed to multitask. We're very focused kinds of, of humans, of people, of creatures. And so that when we have lots of plates in the air that we think we're multitasking, we're actually rapidly switching around. We can only really think about one thing at a time. That's the way God made us. What she's saying is this is wearing us out and maybe even causing us some pretty substantial health problems, including possibly early-onset Alzheimer's, because we're doing this to our brains. Now, if you go get this book, don't get mad at me, because she doesn't talk about Jesus anywhere in it. I picked it up waiting for... Uh, Karen and I were in an airport a month ago, and I picked it up. Oh, that looks good. But it's been very helpful and all part of God's plan. Another book that isn't about Jesus, so go ahead and get mad at me, is a book called Mindfulness. And this is a kind of a concept that's sweeping through our nation right now, that people are going, I want to be more mindful of the present. I mean, this is just secular, natural thinking. People are realizing that, man, when I'm hooked up to my phone, when I'm hooked up to everything, and when I've committed myself to 11 things, I'm not present. I'm not mindful. And so I might be looking at you, Dennis, but I'm thinking about the conversation I'm going to have with Pat later. And God's been working in my life with this because he said, uh, he says stuff like this. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all of your heart. And I, I, can't, I can't make God one of the spinning plates out of the eleven and really expect to have a dynamic encounter with him. Right? He's a jealous God. He wants all of us. And as people, we're just terrible at this. Jesus, Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Why? He says, today. Today is what you got. This moment. I found so much help in really being intentional over these last six months or so and just working out systems of being present, fully present, turning off my phone when I'm in a meeting with somebody else, little things like that that just help me to be fully present, turning off my phone when I'm in the car. You know, driving is important. Thousands of pounds of steel were hurling down the road at 60 miles an hour. Well, I can eat and text and think about every other thing at the same time, right? It sounds insane on its surface, doesn't it? But it's exactly where we're going. It's exactly where our culture has drawn us. Did you know a tragic fact that on average nearly 20 infants in our nation die every year in a hot car because their parent forgot to drop them off at daycare? Did you know that? 20. 20. These are not bad people. These are people who thought they had done that and left them in the car seat. Because our minds are everywhere but here. You want to experience the presence of God, yes or no? You've got to be present. You've got to come to the place of being present. You've got to be mindful of the present. Follow the words of Jesus. Be mindful of the present. You know, when I stop at a rest area, I always look at the map up on the wall, and they always have this you are here thing, right? You want to know what? Every time I think of that, I know I'm here, but that's not where I want to be. 
I'm not out driving today to go to the rest stop. <laughs> I'm glad to know where I am, but Columbus is down here, and I've got 200 miles left. I never want to be where it says I am. Ever. If we want to experience God, we've got to get to the place where we want to be so that we can fully give Him our attention and our presence. I want to give you something I've learned. It's very practical, and I have no Bible for it, so don't even ask me. It's about making a to-do list. Are there any listers? Good. How many of you are so OCD about your lists that you make your lists, and then if you do something that wasn't on your list, you write it down so you can cross it off? <laughs> Not surprised. I'm going to get... I'm going to get credit for that, right? I wasn't planning on it. And then you cross, you bet you cross. That's why you write it, so you can cross it off. That's pretty messed up, isn't it? (laughs) We need an organizational approach to our lives. Indeed, we do. And I've been about lists for a long time. I'm far more productive with a list than without a list. I have no problem with making lists. But here's what I've learned recently, that if I sit, and I've got two things on my list that are non-negotiable, they're the first two things I do every day, the first one is prayer, the other one's none of your business. <laughs> and these two things, I won't do anything else till I do those two things, okay? And then as the list unfolds, and it could be 11, could be 24 things, and everything from making a quick phone call to working on the message, whatever it is. Here's what I do. I used to do this. I'd write them all out, and then I'd, I'd list them in order of priority. One, and they might not be in order, but I put numbers next to them, right? So that way I could just purposefully move through the day. I've been released from that to do this. No numbers. I write it out after prayer, and I look at it, and I go, what is the one thing that I should do right now? And here's what happens. It could be the most important thing in my mind. could be something entirely irrelevant. It's totally led by God. What's the one thing I should do right now? That. Well, if I do that, I won't be ready for my staff meeting. The Lord said, do that. Do this. So I do that. And here's, here's the part that's grown in me more recently. I keep telling myself as I'm doing that one thing, this is big, this is the only thing I have to do today. This is liberating. This is the only thing I have to do today. I don't, oh, you're getting nervous over there, Kathy. <laughs> Somebody help her. <laughs> this, is, this is the only thing I have to do today. I'm not saying that there's not the rest of a list, but I completely dis- release myself from anything else, no matter how important it might have been. This is the only thing I have to do today. And I give myself to that as though it's the only thing I have to do today. And I have found a productivity in this that is higher than the old way I was doing it. Again, i got to get through this so I can get to these other things. Anybody? This is the only thing I have to do today. Now, why am I saying all this? It's a big deal, right? Because I've discovered that unless I practice presence in the mundane things of my life, I won't be practicing it with God. I'll just be dragging my list in. 
I'll be dragging the list into the presence of God. And it'll be distracting me. But since I've been doing this, and say this is the only thing I have to do today, and since prayer is the number one thing on my day, and I say, this is the only thing I have to do today. This is cool. So I can just dwell there, but I can, st- I can give him my full attention. Is that helpful to anybody? Very practical, I know, but I hope it's helpful. Okay. When you practice this on a daily level, you'll be more prepared to bring a full presence to God. So what we're really about here and what I'm saying is God wants to be present in your life. You know, when Jesus got ready to go, uh, give his life on the cross and return to heaven, he said this. He said, he said, I'm going away, he said his disciples. But he said, it's good that I go away. Because if I go away, the Father will send another. I'm not going to leave you alone. He said, I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit and you can have him. And then he did something so amazing in the context of that whole time. He took the bread and he took the cup and he said, this is me. This is me. And he's like, I know it's not really me, Peter. (laughs) Oops, sorry, I don't beat up on Peter anymore. I know it's not me, really, Bartholomew. But, (laughs) but, but, he said, when you experience this, you'll have the opportunity to experience me. I'll be present. And this is just one of so many ways that we can experience the presence of God. A few years ago, uh, Karen and I were privileged to go to what in my mind is the best concert I've ever attended. And it's a David Crowder concert at the Ohio State Fair of all places. And David Crowder, the amazing worship leader, he, uh, he stood out there and he had his band and stuff. None of them who looked very flashy. He came out in kind of a flannel type shirt or something with his guitar. And he started in and the words went up on the screen. And there was such a powerful, authentic humble presence in that brother. As he, I've seen lots, like you have, I've seen lots of people in concert and stuff, and sometimes it gets a little showy and worked up. I don't judge that. I'm just saying that's not where, what my heart connects to. But to see David Crowder just stand there. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, oh how he loves us. It was amazing. And I encountered the presence of God that night in a very powerful way. But here's the thing. I just compare this to the, what Jesus did and just use it as an illustration. Pretty sure David Crowder isn't Jesus. But now whenever, whenever, whenever I do or hear a David Crowder song, I'm there again. I'm in that place. Doesn't matter who's leading it. He's standing there with a flannel shirt on <laughs> and his guitar and he's singing. You make everything glorious. You make everything glorious. It doesn't matter who's singing that song. I experience the presence of David Crowder, and by doing that, experience the presence of God by extension. And so what I'm saying to you is simply this, is that when Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'll give you another, he said, I I want you, I expect you, and I have provided a way for you to experience my presence in remarkable ways. Well, let me ask you this. Wouldn't you like to do something great this summer? Something memorable? Something free? And the invitation is to experience God 
and His presence. If you have, then in greater ways. If you haven't, perhaps for the first time. But at the end of the day, I think we all want exactly the same thing. We want God to break through wherever it is that He is and come to us, don't we? I mean, if God is in some far-off galaxy or some far-off place called heaven, we want Him to come, don't we? That's really what we want and assure us that He's really there. We want to somehow each one experience the reality of the presence of God in our lives because that's what we hunger for, right? That's what we're hungry for is the reality of the presence of God. And we want to feel the touch of God's hand on the backs of our necks, don't we? We want to have, a, have an experience where we go, I, I don't know what that was, but it was right. It was good. It may have been God. And we want to know Him. We want to know God. We love our church. We love what's happening here. We love the ministry, the extended ministry of the church. But at the core of it, we want to know God. We want to be in His presence, somehow see His face. You know, there have been times, I know I've told you before, that I've been praying out in the hiding place, on my face, and the presence of God was so thick, I was afraid to look up. Thought I might see his big toe or something. And you say, oh, I've never seen the big toe of God. Why not? I'm no one special. I'm your brother. We all have exactly the same capacity to experience God. Maybe the only thing I've done that you maybe haven't yet is given him more time. Given him more time to come to me. But we want to know him. We want to somehow see his face. We want to hear him say that he loves us. We want to feel his embrace around us. And we want to come and have him personally wash away all of our sins, don't we? We're all the same person. We're all the same person. We may have different motivations for wanting this, but I think we all want largely the same thing. We want Him to come and fully release us from the shame and guilt of our past, don't we? This is what the presence of God does. This is what the presence of God. We want God to come and call us by our new name. This is what the presence of God does. Are you ready to experience the presence of God this morning? Just bow your heads if you want to. If you can, just turn your hands up on your lap. This is an expression of reception to God. Just Nobody's looking. It's you and God. Just turn them up. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you wanted to and have. Nobody's looking. Just turn them up. It's an expression of God... My hands are open. I'm bringing nothing. And I want you to come. I want to encounter you. And then right where you're sitting there, would you just reaffirm your belief? doesn't mean you understand how it works. It's just that you've chosen to believe it. I've chosen to believe that the God of the Bible is the God that really is. I've chosen to believe that His Son, Jesus Christ, came to rescue me. I've chosen to believe that His Holy Spirit is here and wants to touch every seeking heart. And whatever else comes to your mind in terms of just the raw belief. And then would you just ask him then, Lord, on the basis of this belief, on the basis of what Jesus Christ 
did for me on the cross, I invite you to come. I want to experience your presence right here. I stop. I want to give you my full attention. A lot of things going on in my life, Lord, but I want to just, I just want them to just be put on hold. Could you just push the pause button on them so that I can give you my full, full attention here as you come in your way and speak to me and bless me with your presence. Just dwell in him. Thank you.